following is a presentation of the Connection Church, a place where people are being set free. If you'd like to know more information about our community, you can join us online at ConnectionChurchNC.com. If you're new, maybe you're a guest with us today. Uh, maybe you've wandered in here and you're saying, yeah, I want to check this place out. Can I just say, let me forewarn you, this morning, before we go any further, we're, we're going to talk about um, the devil a little bit today. And, and, and it's not something that we do often. I, I probably can count on both of my hands how many times in my nine-year preaching career that I have spoken, preached about the devil. Some of you are going to say, well, it's got you nine years, you should be preaching about the devil a lot more. Well, you're exactly right. You, I probably should. Um, but we just here at this place like to talk about Jesus a lot more. I find I get a lot further in my life talking about Jesus more so than the devil, okay? But this morning, we're going to have to talk about the devil just a little bit, and you'll find out why here in just a few minutes. So, if I had to entitle, give this message a title. So if you go to the podcast and you listen to this message, you'll probably see a title, Good News and Bad News, right? So, Good News and Bad News, and I have both of them for you today. So what I want you to do is I want you to find someone, maybe someone you don't know, and tell them, I need some good news. Okay? Go ahead, right now. Man, I was wondering if y'all were ever going to do that. Y'all didn't do nearly as good as the first service. Let's pray again, right? Maybe take an offering. No, turn to someone and say, hey, I need some good news. Daryl, I need some good news, brother. I need a lot of good news. Does that I mean there must be some of you in here you don't you don't need good news? Like you guys must have it all together. Can I just say if you have it all together and you're sitting here listening to my voice, you're probably in the wrong place. Like you need to probably be up here preaching if you have it all together. Because I don't, okay? I need some good news. Like, there was a doctor who walked into the patient's room. And, and he walked in there and he said, all right, patient, I've got some good news and I've got some bad news. And he said, which do you want first? And the patient said, well, doc, give me the good news first. So the doc said, well, patient, you've got three weeks to live. Patient looked at him and said, that's the good news. He said, well, what's the bad news if that's the good news? And the doc said, well, I should have told you that two weeks ago. (laughs) Joe, man, that's the best I got. It's all downhill from here, Joe. Joe, you believe in prayer? Pray right now, my friend. We are in trouble. Woo! David, I thought you said that joke worked. Guys, I've got good news and I've got bad news for you. Here's the good news. This is the beautiful news. Last week, we talked about, during this relentless series, we took the corner. And the beautiful good news is that Jesus Christ, our Savior, God, came to us because He is pursuing us. Man, that's phenomenal. Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world, is pursuing you. And there is nothing you can do about it. Like, you cannot disqualify yourself from this 
pursuit of Jesus Christ. That is the good news. But the bad news that has to be attached to that, because Jesus is pursuing you, you automatically have another pursuer. You have an enemy. And in the book that I base my life off of, the book calls him the devil, Satan, Lucifer, the enemy, the thief, all kinds of names. And the bad news that I have to share with you this morning is that because Jesus is pursuing you, so is the enemy. The enemy is pursuing you. I hate it. But that's the good news and that's the bad news. Here's where we're going to be for most of our morning this morning. In your Bible, John chapter 10, verse 10. It clearly points out the bad news first, and then it gets to the good news. And in John 10.10, Jesus is saying this. He says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. That's bad news. I don't care how you cut it. That is bad news. But Jesus goes on, and here's the good news. Jesus says, I, being Jesus, have come that they may have life and have it to the full. You see, the bad news this morning that I have to share with you is that the enemy is very real. The enemy is real. My daughter said to me just a couple of weeks ago, I don't know why she asked me this question just out of the blue, but she said, Daddy, is the devil real? And I said, yeah, he's real. That's about how deep I got. <laughs> yeah, he's real, right? I didn't go any further than that. This morning I'm going to go a little further with you. If we stand here, if you sit there this morning and we claim to love Jesus, we believe in a Savior who gave His life for our sins. Next Sunday morning, I can promise you, you do not want to miss Brent Bennett's message on the cross. We're going to celebrate the cross next Sunday morning leading up to Easter. And if we believe in the power of the cross, if we believe in Jesus' sacrifice on the cross, if we believe in the Holy Spirit's power, if we believe in heaven, listen, then we've got to believe that the devil is also real. I hate it. But he is very real. Not only did Jesus talk about him, but Paul talks about him. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. Maybe you can look this up a little later in your notes or your Bible, but it's on the screen. In Ephesians 6, 12, the Apostle Paul makes a very phenomenal statement. He says this, he says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Listen very carefully. 
What Paul is getting ready to say is he's getting ready to tell you, husbands and wife, at the very core of your battle, at the very core of your issues, at the very heartbeat of your struggles, it's not about you and your wife. This this country that we dwell in, the struggles that we face against church and state, about Christians and non-Christians, about abortions and pro-life and pro-choice. It's not about you and I. It's not about your opinion and my opinion. Paul says here, at the very core of it, the struggle is not against us. He says the core, at the foundation of the struggle, listen to this, our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and against the authorities and against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And I hate the bad news. I hate the fact that the bad news is real. We have an enemy. Peter says it this way. He says this in 1 Peter 5, 8. He says, your enemy. And then he names him the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. I don't want to see a show of hands. I don't want to see a nodding of a head. But you have been the victim of that. Bad news, man, is that the enemy is real. Here's more bad news. Listen, listen, it's going to lighten up here in a second, okay? Hang with me. I thought that joke was going to go a lot better than it did. I thought it was going to take us to here, but it only got us to here. So I'm having to really work hard to get us back up here, so just hang with me. Here's more bad news. is that the enemy that we just talked about that we know is very real, that we believe in, And he does not play fair. He just does not play fair. Like, I wish that that dude right there would show up when I was getting ready to sin. Don't you? I do. If that dude is showing up when I'm getting ready to sin, I'm going the opposite way. Right? Whatever that guy tells me to do, I'm doing the opposite. You can take that picture off, man. That's ugly. If he tells me to go that way, I'm going that way. It's like my little six-year-old son, Lincoln, playing coach pitch baseball yesterday. Now, I'm not going to the tanning bed. That's what some of y'all thought. This is baseball for like four hours, okay? Yesterday, my little six-year-old son playing coach pitch 
He got he went three for three, by the way, but the first two at bats, man, he boom, bam, man, wonderful hits, took off running right to first base, right on to second base. First two times he did exactly what he should have done. Third at bat, he got his inside pitch. That's where he likes it, inside, and he turned on it. Laser beam, BB down the third baseline, right? And guess what? He took off down to third. Like the first two times you did that. Then he went the opposite way. And then they asked him, because I wasn't there, because I was somewhere else. But they said, and Lincoln said, well, I just wanted to get a home run. So he was skipping the first two bases. He's going third and then home. It's going the opposite way. But if that guy shows up, listen, seriously. I have no idea what some of us in this room struggle with. I have no idea. I have no idea what some of us may be addicted to. I don't know what some of us are enslaved to and holds us in bondage. Because we're slaves to it. Because it makes us miserable. But we run to it. And every time we run to it, after the fact, we feel miserable, but then we run back to it to try to make us feel better. We are slaves and we are in bondage. But if that guy who we just saw was sitting there with us, it'd make all the difference in the world. He doesn't play fair. Here's what I wish. Yeah. I just wish he would carry this around with him, don't you? I just wish he would carry this around with him. Oh, maybe he doesn't look like that. Maybe he looks like, as the Bible describes him, the most beautiful of creatures. But if he would wear this name tag, then I would know it was the devil. And whatever he told me to do or say, then I would do the opposite, right? But again, the bad news is our enemy does not play fair. Like he's not going to wear this around, wives, and say to you today at 4 o'clock, wives, you're going to blast your husband with negativity. And disrespect, I'm the devil. Have a nice afternoon. You see, he doesn't work that way. Because if he did work that way, and that's what the devil did, wives, you know what you would do? You'd put on your finest, wouldn't you? You would. And when your husband came home at 355, well, you know the rest of the story. Hey, how about this one? Hey, Friday night, that single, very attractive young lady walks in to wherever you are, men. And she doesn't care if you're married or not. You see, the devil doesn't show up advertising it that way. 
I spoke to the students for just a minute last service. This goes for every person in the room. I said it to the students because we had a whole front row of students sitting right here. You see, students, the devil doesn't walk around like this saying to you, Hey, in math class today, you're going to have a pop quiz. And so you better prepare yourself and you better make that cheat note. You better put it on your iPhone. You better write it on your hand. You better write it on the bottom of your shoe. You better position yourself so you can see in front of you. And that's what I used to do. I don't have anything else other than that. But you see, the devil doesn't work that way. He doesn't let you know that he is in this situation. You see, Jesus said in John 10.10, he says that he is a thief. And I don't know about you, but I have not met too many thieves that play by the rules. I just know of thieves who try to take advantage, who hit us when we're weak, who hit us when we're least expecting it. Because that's what a thief does. Guys, listen. I don't want to talk anymore about the enemy. I've given Satan about 12 minutes of my time talking about him. I think we need to be aware of him because he is very real. And yes, he does not play fair. But listen, turn in your Bibles, if you have not, to John 10.10 as we look at this passage of Scripture again because we need to read it in its context. Because in the context of what Jesus is saying here, He is not saying that the thief is that person that we saw on the screen. He is not saying the thief is the one with the horns and the red face and the pitchfork. No, if you read John 10.10 in context, you have to go back to John 9. And when you read John 9, you find a story of a man who was born blind that Jesus touched his eyes and he healed him. He returned his sight. It's the story where Jesus took the dust and he spit in the ground and made the mud. And then he put the mud on this blind man's eyes and his sight was restored. It's that story. And so if you go to John 9, you run across the Pharisees who are now questioning this man whose sight has been restored. And the Pharisees are saying to this man who has sight now, he, they are saying to him, how did this happen? Who did this to you? What took place? And this blind man is saying, I don't know much about this man Jesus, but all I know is that I was blind, but now I see. I don't know much about Jesus. And he makes one of the most profound statements in scriptures outside of what Jesus says. And this blind man says this, All I know is that if this man were not from God, he could do nothing. And the Pharisees are up in arms. The Pharisees are going crazy trying to deny everything this man says. They're calling Jesus a liar. 
They're saying Jesus is a sinner. And what they are doing, listen very closely, is they are trying to get in the way of this man who now has sight. They are trying to stand in the way of Jesus having every bit of this man's life. And so in context, in John 10.10, the thief is not a devil. The thief that Jesus is talking about that has come to steal, kill, and destroy is the Pharisees. Because they're trying to keep Jesus at arm's length from this man whose sight has been restored. And so Jesus just called the Pharisees a thief. And so it's possible that Satan, the enemy, doesn't have to run around with his red face and horns. It's possible that he is such a thief that he uses people and people sometimes with good intentions to keep you and you at arm's length from Jesus. But what about this? What if it's not people that's keeping us at arm's length from Jesus? What if it is a what? And so our thief that comes to kill and steal and destroy, your thief may not be a who, but your thief may be a what. And only you know what that is. And I've been trusting in the Holy Spirit at this very moment. I've been trusting Him in all week for this very moment. To reveal to you what your what is. Because your what is your thief. Your what may be keeping some of you and may have been keeping some of you at arm's length from Christ for a long time. Some of you may have just wandered into this church for the very first time with no clue who Jesus is. Others of you may have been going to church all your life and your what has kept you at arm's length. That's your thief. And your thief is going to kill you. Your thief wants to destroy you. And your thief is stealing from you the life that Jesus Christ is pursuing you for. And your what is keeping you at arm's length. You see, I just trust God enough that His Holy Spirit has brought many what's to many of your minds right now.
I'm just going to ask you to bow your heads. And we're going to let God do his thing. I'm just going to ask every single one of you, every single one of you, I don't care how young you are. I don't care how old you are. I know that there are some of you in this very room who gave your life to Jesus last Sunday. And I know that there are some of you in this room, you have been Christians longer than I have been born. And I know the Holy Spirit is speaking to you right now. Here's the beautiful news. Here's the good news about the bad news. Here's the good news about the bad news. Is this enemy, the devil, Satan, the thief, whatever you want to call him, he is limited. He is not as powerful as my Jesus. You see, I've been saying the name of Jesus in this place all morning. I have a prayer partner by the name of David who is praying for this very moment that Satan would flee this place and that the Holy Spirit will reign and have clarity and that you'll hear the Holy Spirit clearer than you've ever heard Him before. The enemy is limited in His power. But my Jesus, his power has no limit. And so there are some of you today who came in here oppressed and suppressed. And you know that the enemy is real. Here is the beautiful news about the bad news. You see, the cross of Jesus Christ crushed our enemy the cross of jesus crushed our enemy's hope of winning you and what i'm saying to you today gives you hope who you were when you came into this room does not define you but the cross of our jesus gives us hope of this new life that the good news talks about. And so some of us came here with bondage and slavery to all kinds of things, and you know all too well that the enemy is real. Today, I pray that you do not leave this place without allowing God through His Holy Spirit to set you free. And so if that's you right now, and you know that the enemy has a foothold, and you would like to be prayed over and prayed with, I'm going to ask you right now, would you just stand up and come forward? We want to pray with you. Would you just stand right now? Don't be afraid. Listen, do not let the enemy keep you seated. There are people all over this room who love to pray, and they're going to pray with you right now. I have them all over this room. So prayer partners... You know who you are. Come and pray with my friends. The enemy has been defeated. He no longer has any control over you. You see, the precious blood of Jesus Christ promises us that. And today, you 
have been set free through the power of God's Holy Spirit. Bondage no more. Slavery no more. Freedom in the name of Jesus Christ. And then there are some of us in this room today who have been walking with Christ for a long time. And the beautiful news is that you have allowed a what to keep you way too long at arm's distance. And the Holy Spirit has done His work this morning and He's revealed it to you. And in your brain right now, you can clearly define your what. Because you know it's keeping you at arm's length. It's come between you and Christ. But that's not stopping His pursuit of you. Today, if you're ready to break that arm's length, and you're ready to lay down your what, and surrender every bit of your life to Him, I'm just going to ask you to stand and come forward. We want to pray with you too. You know your what is in the way. And you're ready to just lay it down. Would you just stand and would you come and would you let us pray for you right now? Would you come? Would you come? Hey, Scott. I don't have a relationship with this Jesus that you keep talking about. I don't even have a clue who He is. But I've got to know more about Him. Today, I want to ask Him to be my Savior. Scott, today, I need forgiveness of my sins. And today, I give Him my life. And today I start this journey with Him as my Savior. And so Jesus, I don't know what's next, but I'm willing to do whatever you ask me. Today, Jesus, will you forgive me of my sins and be my Savior? If that's you today, if you said anything along those lines, knowing that you need Jesus as your Savior, would you just lift up a hand so I can see you, so I can be praying for you? Scott, I need Jesus as my Savior. Would you just say, would you just lift up a hand? Amen. Thank you for being honest. Here's the beautiful thing. The good news tells us that because we surrender our life to Christ, who we were when we came into this place is not who we are when we leave. We are a brand new person. That's what the good news tells us. And so God, I have no idea what you're doing up here right now. I have no idea. But I am trusting your Holy Spirit to be working. And the beautiful thing, God, is that when we pack up all of this stuff 
and we go our separate ways. God, you go with us everywhere we go. Your promise says to us that you're never going to leave us and you're never going to forsake us. And so, God, there's nowhere we can go. God, there's nowhere we can go that your Holy Spirit does not go with us. And so when we feel the enemy coming at us or when what is trying to keep us from your son Jesus, God, remind us that you are even closer than they will ever be. And so, God, today I thank you for what you are doing in so many lives in this place. God, help us not to keep it to ourselves. But God, may we leave this place and may we share it. May we show the love of Jesus to as many people as you put into our way. Jesus, we love you so much. And it's in your powerful name we pray.